Hi, JJ here again with The Art of Value. Welcome. Well, today we're going to look again at Warren Buffett's interview from Japan. It was a two and a half hour interview, so I'm pulling out some clips, pulling out some subjects, some topics he talked about briefly to focus on those and my response and discussion on those. Today it's the banking crisis. Last time, number one was about what he thinks about AI and chat GPT. But this, he knows a lot about the banking and he's got owns banking stocks he has recently sold some over the last few months. He talks about why, talks about the current situation. Is it a crisis? What's the situation? And all that he thinks about that. So let's get straight into that. Are we through the banking crisis at this point? Or, well, we're not through we with not? bank failures, but but we're, we're through the depositor. The depositors haven't had a crisis. The owners of banks may have lost a hell of a lot of money. The people who bought the debt of the of the holding company, may, they may lose a lot of money. People can, they can lose a lot of money, uh, but the depositors aren't. And so you don't need to turn a dumb decision by managers into a panicking the whole citizenry of the United States about something they don't need to be panicked about. So as you saw, Buffett says we may not be through the bank failures, which is concerning for a lot of people, but he says the depositors won't lose money. He stresses this a number of times during the interview, saying that depositors are pretty much insured across the board. There's a lot of confusion about that, which he goes on to say later, but he thinks that's the case. doesn't mean shareholders won't be in trouble if banks go under the bank failures. He doesn't call it a banking crisis, but he, he does say there that he doesn't think that Perhaps the banking failures over. Banks fail sometimes. That's just the nature of it. We set up the FDIC to relieve the worry of people. And initially, it wasn't the same institution that is now. You're saying on one hand, okay, no depositor is going to lose money. On the other hand, you're saying we're not through the bank failures. Banks can go bust. But depositors aren't going to be hurt. I mean, it, it, that, banks can go bust. I mean, the Continental Illinois Bank was thought to be impregnable, you know, back many years ago. And... Uh, you know, the Franklin National Bank, the Bank of the Commonwealth. They are, and sometimes they go broke because they make too many dumb loans, and sometimes it's because they mismatch maturities. So here Buffett starts talking about the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, which was set up a long time ago. He talks about that a bit later, the origins of that, his experiences with it. But he says, again, depositors shouldn't be concerned because of it, and that's why it was set up to help depositors Banks can go broke. He says again, banks can go broke, can go bust from management, mismanagement, but depositors are safe. And he's, he knows there's a lot of fear out there. There has been, but he thinks that people shouldn't be so worried that deposits are backed up. Deposit, And we saw that when the Silicon Valley Bank collapsed and went under. Depositors were insured. There's a lot of fuss, a lot of worry over that weekend. And Monday, come Monday morning, it was found that depositors were safe. And he thinks that pretty much in the U.S., all banks are like that. That That's why the FDIC exists. That's why it was set up. If you're getting value out of this episode so far, please like on YouTube if you're watching there. I'd really appreciate that to help spread it to more people. Thanks. So let's talk about what's happening in the banking sector right now. It's, is this a banking crisis? Is this financials in turmoil? Is this banking crisis 2.0? What would you call what we've been seeing happen? Well, I would say that the some of the dumb things that banks do periodically have become uncovered uh, during this period. And, and uh, uh, as one of the banker told me one time, he says, I don't know why we keep looking for new ways to lose money when the old ones are working so well. And, and uh, 
Uh, they made the same mistake, some banks in this period, by, by they haven't made as many mistakes. They, may, they expect to make some mistakes in making loans, but they haven't, and particularly if you're getting into credit card loans, I mean, that's just part of the game. But they haven't made it, the same sort of mistakes that they made back in 2008 or nine. But they have uh, mismatched assets and liabilities, and bankers have been tempted to do that forever, and and every now and then, and then it bites them in a big way. Yeah, Becky, quick, Buffett's favorite interviewer, it seems he usually uh, goes with Becky Quick when he about interviews at least once a year, it seems. But she asks, is there a banking crisis? And he thinks no, basically, that these things happen, banks get into trouble, or it seems to happen periodically when banks do dumb things with the mismatch between assets and liabilities, he puts it. But he doesn't think that it's as bad as 2008. The GFC, as he sees it, I mean, that was a that was a huge, a huge time, and he and people are fearful of that, but he doesn't think that it's that bad. It's just one of these things uh, periodically where banks make stupid mistakes, and they have been in this time. And there has been changes in the economic environment, and that kind of has brought that on, I think, was especially with interest rates going up. And it was a surprise what happened. A lot of people were surprised by it, including investors and investors in banks and investors in general. The interest rates have gone up so quickly. A lot of people just did not see that coming, even though they were near zero for a very long time. It is accounting procedures have driven some bankers to do some things that may have helped their current earnings a little bit and and, and caused the uh, recurring uh, uh, temptation to to get a little bit bigger spread and report a little more on earnings. And uh, it, it ended in a result you could predict. You couldn't predict when it would happen. And then once they start looking at one that does it, then they start looking at others. And and pretty soon, you know, that uh, everybody is in a position of looking at a number that nobody looked at when it was, <laughs> it was presented to them a year ago, if you read the 10K or anything of the sort. But the banks did not call attention to what they were doing when it was going on. And I would read, I would read uh, investor contact when they would have meetings with financial analysts or the people follow banking. And nobody even brought up the point virtually. And believe me, if... You know, if we've got a $50 billion loss or something, it's something in Berkshire. <laughs> we would expect people to know about it. And, and uh, it's happened before. It's happened this time. It'll happen again someday. He talks about the bank's accounting procedures that make it look like they're doing better than they are at times. Of course, he sees that when he goes through it. He talks about that next. When you look at the financials of banks, it's very hard to work out, very complicated. So when you talk about a circle of competence, it's definitely not in my area, so I kind of stay away from it, especially in situations like that where somebody who isn't in their circle of competence doesn't necessarily see what's going on. Someone like Buffett did see what's going on. He's had decades and decades of experience, invested in lots of banks, is intimate with the whole banking system. So he is uncomfortable in that circle that environment but most people i would say are not and it comes as a surprise when something like this happens did you see this you were reading through the reports you followed all these banking um earnings that were coming in so you noticed it you saw it sure i noticed it is that why you saw it sold so many of the banking stocks we we, we sold we, we we sold a number of banks i mean we 
we had, we had held someone for 25 years, but I don't like it when, when uh, people get too focused on, on the earnings number and, and forget what I, my view is basic banking principles. I'm not going to get into naming any names or anything like that. So there he was asked and he talked about how he did see what was going on in banking because he follows along with what's happening in banks, their bank earnings, didn't like what he saw and they that's the reason that they sold. There was speculation about them selling banks recently over the past quarters and now we know why he didn't like what, they, what he saw, even banks that he'd held for 25 years. Having said that, they do own Bank of America. It's one of the biggest holdings there if we have a look at that. Bank of America is their second biggest U.S. holding. Apple, of course, is the biggest, but Bank of America is still number two, over 10% of the holding. Of course, we don't see the international holdings in Data Roma here, but Bank of America still has its confidence, obviously, but we'll have to see what happens in the in the next uh, quarter, whether they've sold any of that, but I seriously doubt it, but we'll have to see what happens. But the banks that they have sold, it's interesting to see what they have sold in the last quarters. We'll just have a quick look at that. In the last quarter that's available in Q4 2022, we can see that Berkshire sold US Bank Corp 91.42%. They sold out of their holding and Bank of New York Mellon reduced by 59% there. And the quarter before Q3, we can see that Bank of New York Mellon again reduced by 14%. And the quarter before that, US Bank Corp reduced so it looks like they were losing confidence over the quarters in these bank stocks. And if we go back to Wells Fargo, which has had its problems over uh, recent years, they sold 100% back in Q1 2022. So that was the, the scandals at Wells Fargo, if you remember that, big scandals where they'd been a shareholder of Wells Fargo and they just sold completely out, lost confidence, but then started losing confidence in these other banks. But as I said, still holding Bank of America, still one of their strongest stocks, long-term holding. It's important. It's important that banks retain the confidence of the public and they can lose it, you know, in seconds. And we saw a country that was was uh, not worried about banks, you know, until about uh, Wednesday or Thursday of the week when Silicon Valley fell apart. And then all of a sudden, everybody was worried about it all over the country. So here he's talking about the importance of confidence in the banks with the public and talking about Silicon Valley Bank, which was a prime example. Of course, being in Silicon Valley, the word spread like wildfires through social media and the types of depositors there. We had startups, we had VCs, and they're all very connected. And But there was still panic there. And he said in seconds and hours it spread and there was a bank run, a good old-fashioned bank run. There were even people lined up outside the bank. But a huge amount was withdrawn in a short time. This confidence, loss of confidence, people started looking at the other regional banks. What are they in trouble too? And so he says the confidence is very important with banks. And that reiterates that you also got to know what you're doing if you're looking at uh, bank financials. It sounds like he kind of knew that this was a possibility, but... Yes, the spread of the contagion or the, the fear was so fast with Silicon Valley Bank, wasn't it? And the interesting thing, of course, is that, that, that uh, it will not cost the government a penny. I mean, people think that, you know, that somehow the government's going to get hung up with us. The FDIC is, a, in effect, a very peculiar mutual insurance operation that is run by the government, but is financed by the banks. And FDIC had $120 billion or so at the start of the year. And that's 
all money that banks have paid in, less what the FDIC has had to pay out on losses. And if the FDIC has to pay out $250 billion this time or $300 billion, they just assess the banks more. And they don't do it in a very business-like manner because the, the public has the impression that the FDIC is the United States government and, the, and so on. And, of course, uh, they do appoint the people, but, but the costs of the FDIC, including the cost of their employees and everything else, is borne by the banks. So banks have never cost the federal government a dime, uh, but the public doesn't really understand the whole FDIC thing, and the comments of public officials confuse it. People shouldn't be worried about losing their money and the deposits they have in, in, in an American bank, and today they have no reason to worry. And, but the message has gotten very confused, and people don't really understand how it all works. This is interesting. I think Ray talks about in detail about the FDIC, how it's funded by the banks. There's a bit of a misconception with the public that the government funds it, but it's funded by the banks. The uh, public doesn't really have to worry that the government needs to bail it out. It's not a public bailout. The, the banks actually fund it. It's been going on for a long time. The FDIC go, goes way back to the 1920s and in this insurance scheme that ensures that depositors will not be left out of pocket, which is that fear of contagion. It's kind of stops that fear of contagion. So what he's really saying is it's, it's fairly safe, the banking system. The US banking system kind of reiterating that it's quite safe for depositors. Uh, but when fear spreads, that message is kind of confused. So as I said at the beginning, I'm making a little series from this long Buffett interview in Japan. This is the banking crisis. Before that was AI. I'll put a link to the playlist up here from this series as it develops. This is the second one. And if you want to go back and see the first one, if you haven't seen that, I'll put a link to it right here. All right. Thanks for watching and listening and I'll see you next time.